Let's turn to the scripture. It's in John, the Gospel of John, John 1, 1 through 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. 
in him was life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning him. He cries out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. Pray with me. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you have sent your word to us. Thank you that you have fleshed that word. Thank you for Jesus. Father, may the meditations of my mind and heart the things you have given me. Lord, I ask that you will, by the power of your Spirit, speak to all here. In the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. This is one of those passages that, for a person like me, uh, it really makes me want to preach a theological message. How many of you love theological messages? I've found very few people that just love them. Um, and actually, what, what the Holy Spirit did was when, when this text, when the Holy Spirit brought this text to me, he did something interesting. He gave me parables to give to you. Not biblical parables. These are, uh, these are God-inspired, but not Bible-level. Don't, don't go there. So I'm going to ask you to hear these parables. There's going to be one at the beginning and one at the end, okay? So you have to do some work. I always like making people do work. So this is the second time, second sermon, and both sermons you're going to have to work to hear it. There is a tendency in the church to be like a certain grandfather and grandson. A summer storm 
had ravaged the maple tree near the driveway of Grandpa's house. You guys don't have windstorms here, do you? Do they ever blow branches and limbs down? Okay. So we can, you can at least get that in your head. He didn't want to take any chances with another storm taking down more limbs that could damage his truck or house. The tree needed to be topped. Are you familiar with topping a tree? And the yard cleaned up. Grandpa called Grandson and asked if he would come and help him with the yard. Grandson was excited to spend the weekend with Grandpa. Grandson always enjoyed being able to hear Grandpa's stories and learn how to do things. So they got to work, and they took down the highest limbs, uh, climbing up a chainsaw, all that. You, you should all know what goes on, well, what goes on with that. And they came to a place where it was managed. The tree was done, and now it's time for cleanup. And it was just a mess. They went in for lunch. And Grandpa tells Grandson, I'm going to rest after lunch, but I want you to keep cleaning up that mess. Grandson went back outside after lunch. Sure was hot without the shade of that tree. He grabbed the chainsaw and machete and started cutting and trimming down the limbs and branches for firewood. Four o'clock came, and still Grandpa hadn't come out. Grandson went in to check on Grandpa. I'm too tired to help. I'm going to pay you, though. You need to keep on with cleaning up till it's all done. Grandson returned to his work until dinner. After dinner, he put in another hour of work and then stopped for the night because he was tired. The next morning at breakfast, grandson asked, What time do you want to start today, Grandpa? You don't need my help. It's just cleanup at this point, Grandpa replied. Disappointed, grandson went outside alone and began to clean up. At 9 o'clock, he came in and he told Grandpa that he'd finished. Grandpa went out and inspected the driveway in the yard. You're not finished. There's a lot more to be cleaned up. He pointed out areas of debris. At 10.30, grandson returned to say he was done again. Grandpa went out and informed him of other areas that needed attention. Does this sound familiar to anybody? Okay, at least, yeah. At lunch, grandson said again that he was done. After lunch, grandpa went out and looked things over. You need to get the twigs and leaves that are in the gutters. And look here, there's debris in the bushes as well. Finally, at dinner time, grandpa signed off, off on the cleanup. Grandson received his wages, and grandpa took him home. Grandson decided that he hated topping trees. 
And he knew he would think twice before he ever said yes to a job like that again. What's this parable about? What's this story about? It's about relationship or lack of relationship. For grandson, it was an opportunity to be with grandpa, to build their relationship. For grandson, topping the tree was the pretext or excuse for getting to hang out with grandpa. It's what brought them together. For grandpa, it was about getting a job done. Grandpa helped where he had to, where it took two people. But when it came to the cleanup, Grandpa was tired. And ultimately, he decided to pay grandson for the job. And the difference between grandson participating because of a relationship and grandpa's focus on the task, the difference wasn't lost on grandson. He could see. Grandson never wanted to top a tree again, and who knows how often or how many other pretexts or excuses would happen in the future. Relate it back to today's scripture. It's full of relationship. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Son and the Father and the Holy Spirit and the Trinity are of the closest relationship. Beyond our comprehension, our, our human minds are not that good at understanding just how close they are, the three persons in one. I'm a good theologian, so I know my theology too. We see then that out of that close relationship, what did the Father do? He sent the Son to be in relationship with us. The Son reveals light, love, and the Father, and all things that are righteous through his relationship with us. Think about the life, ministry, and sacrifice of Jesus. All of it, all of the things he did, all of his time here, was about being able to have a personal, life-changing relationship with another person. Even you and me. And that nourishing and flourishing relationship that you and I have with Jesus makes it possible to have life-changing relationships with other Christians and other not-yet-Christians. Let's try and figure out how the parable and the scripture work together. But like Grandpa, you and I 
and others, we can get so focused on the task at hand of cleaning up the debris, of focusing on the twigs. Those branches, limbs, twigs, and leaves represent messiness or sin in our lives. And here's the key point of this whole message. We spend a significant amount of time working on cleaning up our lives while we ignore getting to know Jesus in a relationship. There is a profound difference between those two things. I hope, I hope you can track with me. Another thing that I've found in my life, I say we a lot because I assume you are like me uh, since you breathe and exist and are human, and so I'll say we. We also spend a lot of time critiquing the cleanup job of others. We're like grandpa, pointing out twigs in the bushes and leaves in the gutters. Do you know anyone who, when it comes to church or Christianity, has said, all you care about are your rules, my sins, and how you expect me to be perfect? When will you care about me? I know I've heard that. You see, people can tell when we are focused on relationship with them or if we're focused on how many twigs and branches are still left to be picked up. So what are we to do? As Christ followers, what's the lesson for us? It always begins with me. And I don't mean that in a self-centered pride way. Uh, one of the things I've always tried to emphasize, who is, this is a dead giveaway, who is the only person that you can affect and make changes for? Me. Yourself. Me. I must intentionally train myself to change my focus from all the messiness in the driveway and in the yard, in the gutters, in the bushes to the relationship. To build the relationship. For those of you who are married, imagine if after taking your vows, you went to one another and... Uh, well, you just, you just did this whole thing of, here's the honey-do list for you. Call me when it's done, and I assume you have a honey-do list for me. It's an exchange of honey-do's, right? Is that a marriage? I hope it's not. Oh, I mean, I really hope it's not your marriage.
get to know Jesus. Meet with the Lord. Allow the Holy Spirit to dwell in you. It takes time, just like a marriage. It's not an exchange of vows and then rules. It's time. Read the word. Worship. Invest into your relationship with God. The lesson, that was the, that's the first part. It begins with me altering my focus to relationship with Christ. The second part continues with me establishing, establishing a relationship with others with a person-focused goal that God used with me. So the same thing as far as I am focused on God and God is focused on me in relationship, then that is the model for how I am to relate with others. I am focused on the relationship, not on every piece of scrap in their yard. Meet people where they are at. If you look at Jesus' life, what, you remember what he was derisively called a, a, a drunkard and a guy who hung out with prostitutes? You know why? Because he met people where they were at, even though he wasn't that person, right? Listen, talk, share, be invested in them. And this is the example of Jesus. It's the heart and soul of the gospel. Now, how many of you, um, and I know I, I sense it in myself as well when I, when I received this, how many of you sit there and say, we can't ignore the sin, right? If we're honest, I, I assume some of you are, hey, man, you can't ignore the sin. Did I ask you to ignore the sin? Oh, I said, that's not the focus. Here's what I've found in my own life. When I am in relationship, when I am working out, uh, practicing, being with Jesus, you know what we spend our time doing? Cleaning up the yard. I don't know if that makes sense. My focus is on my relationship with Christ. But in our relationship, he'll say, you know, you got a twig over there that needs to be picked up. Oh, yeah, let's go do it. Instead of a taskmaster sitting there and saying this, 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 and this. And on the same note, I'm not saying ignore sin in other people. But you know what I've discovered? That if I go in with my list, honeydew list for other people, I get that reaction of all you care about is your list of rules. What about me? Oh, I'm doing it because I love you. Why don't we start with I love you first? And then what I've discovered is if I'm in relationship with people, then they say, you know... I'm struggling with this. 
or I'm celebrating this. And the door has been opened. It's completely different than what we tend to be used to doing. I'm going to close with another parable. It's, it's got the same elements in it, but it's a very different focus. We see a mother mentoring her daughter. Living in the kingdom of God is like a certain mother and daughter. Mom and grandma's pies were always so incredibly good. And daughter wanted to follow in the steps of mother and grandma. She's going to take, she was going to take the 4-H cooking and enter the pie competition at the county fair. Do you guys do a lot of 4-H around here? County fair? Do you have pie competitions? Daughter learned a lot from the 4-H classes, but the best learning was with mom. This week's assignment was pie crusts. Mom and daughter each had their own counter, equipment, and ingredients. Mom began by demonstrating how each step was done. She mixed the flour and salt, cut the shortening, and then added the ice-cold water. I'm not a dough, a pie maker, so if I get anything wrong, I guess you can tell me, but work with me. The dough was worked, balled up, and then rolled out, and then plus placed and pressed into the pie pan. It baked and cooled. Oh, that crust was good. Now it was daughter's turn. But when her crust came out, it was tough. Daughter was disappointed. But mom wasn't phased. Mom wasn't phased. Crusts can get tough when they're Overhandled. We'll try again. This time the crust came out better, but it was still dry and not flaky. Daughter was frustrated. Mom suggested taking a break for lunch and coming back to the task after. This time, daughter's crust was good. Mom congratulated her on a job well done. Mom also gave her this advice. Practice and patience are just as important as the ingredients. Don't let yourself get flustered. Good crusts are not made when we're frustrated. Great baking comes from learning from others and experimenting. And time. I think grandma can make the best pie crusts ever, even in her sleep. Daughter thanked mom for helping her. Daughter would remember this time with mom. Daughter knew her pie crust wasn't perfect, but was proud of her crust and proud of her family's tradition of being good pie makers. It's very different. There was no perfection, but there was time spent together developing a tradition of good 
pie making, pie crust making. Of, and if we translate that into what I was talking about, time, relationship, not getting obsessed with every detail. In time, it will come, and I'm here with you. You're here with us. And so the lesson of the parable, neither twigs nor crusts is the focus of life, of this life, this resurrection life that we have been given. The Christian life and the kingdom of God is about a relationship. A relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus and relationships with others that displays our love for them first and foremost. Amen. We're going to enter into a time of open worship. As the Spirit leads and moves, share if you are uh, so uh, inspired. It's my second sermon here. Yes, yeah, this is my first time here. Thank you. Give it to God. <laughs> but thank you.
church like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. be fair to the last message, let's stand for our benediction. At the last one, I had everybody stand, so we'll stand again. It's good for us. Pray with me. Father, may the words of your scripture, the words of the two hymns John sang and the images that you have presented here today, may they stir our spirits 
May we take this food and may we grow in our relationship with you. Thank you for the opportunity for us to come here and express through worship our joyful relationship with you and our joyful friendship with one another. And may that be seen by others so that we may invite others into relationship with you and ourselves as well. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, may it be so. Amen. You are dismissed, friends. Well...